Hey, it's Coach Mark here of the Everyday Fitness with Coach Mark podcast. And today, I have another special guest. It's again, Dave Sherwin. And today is part two of episode 45. Basically, we're just diving deeper into the seven lifestyle principles. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, Dave. Uh, glad to have you back for part two. Um, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Part one was fun. Let's dig in and see what other damage we can do. Yeah, uh, and yeah, exactly. A lot of damage, I think, and uh, we have a lot to talk about. Um, we talked about the seven uh, health principles or the top health principles uh, that you shared in part one. Uh, definitely want to dive into those. Um, maybe we can go step by step, starting at one, and you, you give us um, a little crash course. Fantastic. And I'd like to even start before one with a philosophy. Have you ever heard of the book, The, um, the Slight Edge by Jeff Olson? Slight? No. I know the author, um, okay. but I have not read it. No. Okay. That book is absolutely amazing. And it's an amazing in a very simple way. It's The Slight Edge is all about, how, all about the power of simple things, how small, simple habits build up to create very profound results over time. Hmm. And the fact is, as human beings, we don't really like that. Like most of us resonate with that. We kind of get it. But at the same time, we want results really fast. You know, if I hit the gym, how long till I get bigger shoulders and smaller waist? How long till I get strong? How long till I can, you know, reduce my 5k time, whatever the goal is, right? On the one hand, we understand incremental process, uh, process and slow, steady growth. On the other hand, we want results as fast as possible. And, um, and our yearning for fast results often leads to just injury or burnout or just cutting corners and not establishing long-term habits that serve us really well. And so that's the first thing I'd like to just kind of sell people on is that you know, we live in a marketing world where people are selling their shiny objects, their, their $2,000 weight loss program, their six-pack abs in six weeks program. We've heard all of these things and we want to believe, right? Um, but I promise you that if you want results, that if you would just focus on the process of what I'm about to tell you, and let the results follow naturally. You'll be surprised how quickly you will get the results. Uh, but it's a focus on process, not outcome. You know, it, it, for example, again, in, in, ep, in round one, we talked about weight loss, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of people who have a goal in their head to lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds or 100 pounds. Whatever the number is, that's their goal. That's the outcome that they want. And oftentimes the reason dieting doesn't work is because they're focused on that goal, but they're not actually focused on changing the behaviors that got them to the weight that they currently are. And yet if they focused on the process and instead of thinking about the hundred pounds and how long it's going to take, if all they thought about was how to live healthy today, and then they did the right simple habits, which we're about to talk about. And then they focused again on them tomorrow. It doesn't matter what the scale says. It doesn't matter what their emotions tell them. 
if they just can do it every day, day in and day out, the results will absolutely come. But if you focus on results, it often backfires and you actually don't get the results that you want. So I think that's an important groundwork to lay before we talk about the habits. What you, what you just said uh, hits the nail because um, let's say I have a client and uh, we come up with a goal, long-term goal, short-term goals. I always tell them, I, I played in a team professionally, soccer in Germany, and uh, obviously we had a specific goal, right? We want to win, let's say, a championship. But we're not just thinking about the championship, we're thinking about the next game then the next game, next practice game, next practice game. And then at some point yep. with the journey, there might be the outcome, right? And I think that's that's what you said. And I think it's so important. Um, just think about your next practice. Think about your next day. Think about how well you sleep uh, today, um, how much uh, of your of, of veggies you get in, right? I mean, it's, it's so, so important that you just think about the journey, not just about the destination. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I, and I totally agree. And then the other thing is uh, that I just want to warn people that each of these sounds so simple that you may, you may think, oh, well, that's easy. I, I kind of do that one. And when well, I mostly do this one and, and so on. But what I would suggest to you is that doing all seven each day is the key to the lock. None of them are the secret sauce. Mm. Not any one of them stands alone. All of them can be done, but if you could do each of them every day consistently, the system is what will give, give success. Not, not anyone. There's, we can't like pull one of them out and say, oh, that was the one that really did it. No, no, no. All seven together, you just do them regularly and just watch the results follow. Exactly. Well, let's, uh, I would say we just dive into number one, uh, the one, number one that you said uh, last time. Just right number in. one is don't drink calories. Now, what we know from a lot of research about weight gain, especially, is that many, many people gain weight from age 20 to age 40. A lot of people are at their ideal body weight at age 20. That's actually quite normal. The, the, the metabolism is functioning great. They're living off of their great genes and their age and their body is functioning quite well. But what happens is they put on about two pounds a year for the next 20 years, uh, ending up being about 40 pounds overweight at age 40. That's a very, very common thing. You can immediately, for most people listening, you can actually reverse that trend right now by stopping drinking sodas, cutting down on alcohol and other calorie-rich beverages. And so not only is this number one, but conversely, not only are we cutting out drinking calories, but we need to make water our best friend. We need to have our bottle with us wherever we go full of good good quality water, the best quality water uh, that we can get. Now I'm not talking uh, some people, when I say best quality water, they think of these very expensive machines and all kinds of difficulty. I'm just talking about, you know, if, if you've got water in the tap, but you've got a fridge that has a little purifier on it, you know, drink that water. Right. Um, uh, so try to drink at least purified water uh, and drink about half your body weight in ounces. Have you heard this concept Mark before? Yeah. I think it's a good one. Some people talk about eight cups a day and there's different ways of doing it. But I think that the half your body weight in ounces is proportionate to your size. And so it makes more sense to me. If you weigh 150 uh, pounds, drink 75 ounces. This doesn't include what you drink during exercise. During exercise, your body's sweating. 
and you're thirsty. So after exercise, outside of exercise, get half your body weight in ounces of water. I feel like um, every time I talk to a client um, and, and I say exactly the same, don't drink the calories. Obviously, alcohol is a big thing uh, for most of the people, even if they just drink on the weekends not the best to, uh, for losing weight, but then also uh, can be a choose to sometimes can be uh, something sweet. Uh, I mean, sodas is obviously the prime example, but um, I feel like most of the people struggle with just drinking water. They don't drink enough. And I think it's, it's, it's important to know how much you should be drinking. Yeah. And then how, just get it in, you know, like even set your timer if you need that, because so many people are so busy in their jobs, they forget to, to do drink, then they just drink two cups of coffee in the morning, think that's enough liquids uh, in the day, uh, which is obviously not. And um, yeah, it's just, again, a habit, forming a habit of, of drinking that water. And, and really, yeah. Yeah. And then some people don't like the taste of water. Some people water upsets their stomach. Uh, in the previous episode, I showed you a, an example of trace minerals. Adding trace minerals to your water can make a huge difference because it breaks down the surface tension. If you're listening right now, and when you drink water, it, it upsets your stomach. That is normal. It happens to quite a few people. And chances are, it just is a type of water that has too high of surface tension. So try adding some uh, trace minerals to the water that helps. For some people, it's taste. Now, not all essential oils are edible, but some are. And if you just check, and you can find them probably on Amazon or your local health food store, but some essential oils like a grapefruit flavor, orange flavor, lemon flavor, just a couple of drops in your water adds a really nice flavor without adding any calories. So those are some tricks you can do to try to make it more, make like water more palatable. Putting fruits like a little bit of like, like a lemon or lime in it or like peppermint even, you know, it's just, just, just good. And it's also alkaline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Really good. Cool. Yeah. 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 So those are some, some things that would help. Let's go to, yeah. Number two. <laughs> number two is eat all your food slowly and mindfully. Mm -hmm. Now this one, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's a big topic. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I am a, I'm a fast eater. Everybody who knows me of like my dad too, for some reason, I don't know. I have to stop myself for this. And uh, maybe you can give me some tips for that too. Maybe I have to. <laughs> well, what I found, uh, Mark, and you probably found the same thing with your clients. This is one that people either do naturally or it's going to be really hard. There seems to be one or the other. And now I happen to be a slow eater. So this one's just naturally easy for me because I can't even eat fast when I want to. I don't know why it is that some people are wired that way and other people are like yourself and they eat fast. Yeah. Now, first of all, it's important to understand why. You know, a lot of us have been to the doctor's office where we've seen like a large chart that looks like a human body you can see inside. You know the one I mean, you can see the brain and you can see mm -hmm. the throat go down and you can see the stomach and the lungs, et cetera. And we kind of think of, the stomach is like a hole, like we see in the picture, yeah. but the stomach actually has folds and the digestive system starts in the mouth. So we take our food into our mouth and we start chewing and the enzymes, especially that break down carbs and starches are in the mouth. And we need to chew our, our food to about the consistency of applesauce. Mm -hmm. So that's step one to prepare the food to go into the stomach. Now we swallow the food and there's more enzymes that go in to break down the food. And the food gets worked through these folds in the stomach. It doesn't just drop into a hole with stomach acid. 
it gets worked through the folds and that takes a little time. Then the hormones in our stomach that signal to the brain to stop eating are not perfect. They run about 20 minutes behind. Mm. So if we eat quickly, then they say, Hey, stop. <laughs> You're full. Exactly. It's you too late. Yeah. You overeat. You overeat. There's many studies on this. Uh, people who eat slowly tend to eat about 20% less food. They tend to be more likely to be at their ideal body weight, less obesity, etc. So it's proven itself out in science. We know for a fact that you'll have less stomach problems. You'll have less um, health problems in general. And that training yourself to eat slowly and mindfully is actually more important than changing out what you eat. Although I advise both and get rid of junk food, et cetera, mm. but eating solely and mindfully can't be overstated. Perfect. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, again, I'm a fast eater. I have to slow down too. And I think there's another big, big topic. I always see it. Usually I go out uh, to some health places to eat lunch, uh, sometimes even dinner. And I always see people sometimes, I mean, sometimes they're with somebody, but usually they are by themselves and eating and they just have their phone or their iPad or whatever computer. And they just look at that while they eat. I think that it's also about conscious eating. You know, uh, if you're not conscious, you might eat, even eat faster. You, and I think it has to be something like so important because food is important for our body. How we consume it, it's important too, I believe. And um, uh, the conscious eating is, is so important in that, I believe. Yeah. When I was getting my health certification with Precision Nutrition, uh, they had they have us do a, what they call the raisin test, where you take a, I can't remember exactly how many, but you take like 10 raisins, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not a lot of food. Yeah. And um, you do a little process where you, you carve out like 15 minutes. Okay. okay? So your phone is away. And all you're going to do for 15 minutes is eat 10 raisins, right? <laughs> so you like put your raisins in front of you. You like smell it. You bite into it and you totally chew on it. You totally Emerging. try to bring all of your attention and focus into this raisin, yeah. right? And um, mindful eating is kind of a deep process. Like I'm a meditator. I meditate. I'm no monk or anything like that, but I meditate for 20 minutes a day. Mm. And I listen to podcasts on meditation and Zen and, and I, and I'm trying to work on myself to be more mindful on in every single area of my life. I want to be more mindful with my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my business. I, I I've totally put aside multitasking. I don't multitask. I single task. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I eat, uh, what you mentioned, I put my phone upside down. I just put it aside and I, and you know, it's great. I love food. Yeah. And, and, and you actually taste the foods again. You uh, mm -hmm. actually uh, see how, what the consistency, I mean, it's, it's just incredible, you know, like what conscious, uh, what a conscious mind can do. And uh, I think that that starts also with, with food, you know, I mean, we have to eat every day and um, I think it's a good start to be mindful. Yes. And, and I'll tell you one of the really fascinating parts about this. Um, and I wish I could remember the scientist's name. Oh, J Judson Brewer. There's a Ted talk mm. by Judson Brewer on breaking bad habits. Mm. Okay. And in there he talks about smoking and how, when they're getting people to quit smoking, one of the things they have them do is smoke really, really mindfully. Okay. <laughs> so 
you take the cigarette and you get rid of all distractions and you take in a deep breath and you taste it and you feel it and you really, really are mindful about smoking. And for the first time in years, the person goes, oh, this is crappy. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And by smoking very, very mindfully, people end up quitting. It's amazing. The same is true with some of our favorite foods. You know, one of my favorite foods used to be jalapeno cheddar Cheetos. (laughs) And I love those things. Okay. Those things are like crack cocaine for me. Those things in a Dr. Pepper. I mean, talk about that. That's my guilty pleasure, right? But guess what? If I eat those things really, really slowly and a Dr. Pepper really, really slowly, I stop after just a few bites. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. And so it's, it's true with healthy foods and unhealthy foods, whatever it is, eat it very, very slowly and mindfully, and you'll tend to eat less junk, more healthy food as well. Excellent. Yeah. It's a super important <laughs> point. Um, next. What's the next one? Intermittent fasting. Now this one's fascinating because it's pretty new. Uh, the, the nutritional science in mine and your lifetime has come a long, long way. And intermittent fasting is one of the newest things on the table, but there's been so many studies so fast mm-hmm. that we just know already and have proved out that as human beings, we do much better when we eat all of our food within an eating window. You mentioned it in the, in part one, um, you're doing the 16, mm-hmm. eight, um, ratio. Yeah. Um, so eight hours of eating, 16 hours of uh, not eating or fasting. Um, yeah. when did you start that? And, um, is there anything you want to add to that? What is important from, from health perspective? Um, I don't remember. It's been about three years yeah, yeah. that I, that I started and, um, one of the reasons I do 16-8 is because when I talked in the beginning about uh, Jeff Olson's book, and one of the concepts he talks about is mastering the mundane, mm, mm. to get rid of silver bolt thinking, master the mundane, right? And when people get into fasting, like many other things in health, they tend to get all in. They do intermittent fasting. They do 72-hour fasts. They work up to where they can do a week-long fast or even longer. Mm. Now I'm trying to keep everything dead simple for my clients. I want everything that I teach them to be received as I can do that. I can do that. Actionable, long-term. I never want to think, oh, that sounds like it'd be effective, but man, can I do that for the rest of my life? If the answer is no, I don't want to teach it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so one of the reasons I go with an eight hour personally is because it's doable. You're all I'm doing is cutting out food after dinner and delaying breakfast a little bit. Mm. That's it. It's not hard. It's not hard now. No. And so what we're doing though, Mark, and here's where the real power is for, I would say 90% of people, 90% of people. The reason this is so powerful is because what uh, of the, uh, because of the food they cut out after dinner, nobody craves salad after dinner. No one wants a piece of, you know, a serving of broccoli at nine o'clock at night. But they want ice cream and, and chocolate. ice cream, salty snacks, those Cheetos that I mentioned, alcohol, chocolate, <laughs> alcohol, right? All Everything the- we crave after dinner is adding, is diminishing our health and adding to our weight. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, and as you said, it's 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 actionable, it's doable, it's not that hard. I mean, uh, usually I eat breakfast at ten, and then you eat your 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 dinner at five thirty, and you're good to go. You know, I mean, this is it's it's not nothing. Like, not rocket science. Let's put it that way. You know, not rocket science. It was hard for me for about two months, Mark. Um, I still remember. I, I I wake up hungry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it took it's me a sign like for losing weight, right? I mean, which is a good sign for losing weight because if you have this sixteen-hour window, you definitely burn something. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I just say to those of you listening that it could be hard. Um, for me, the morning was the hardest. Start stopping eating after dinner wasn't very hard for other people. The after dinner part is the hardest. They have all these cravings. They really want to eat whatever it is. That's going to be your challenge, whether waiting for food or cutting off food after dinner, um, commit, be willing to try it for 60 days. And what you'll find is your body will adjust mm. and all of a sudden you'll feel better. And all of a sudden you'll get to a point where it's super easy to say no to the ice cream at eight o'clock at night, because you just don't even feel like it. You know that you're going to feel better if you don't eat it and you're going to go to bed. Your melatonin will be high. You'll feel drowsy. Your digestive system is done mm. during your sleep. Your HGH is rising your estrogen and testosterone are rising. You wake up in the morning, your blood sugar is low, your, your hormones are perfect. And now you exercise and you do a meditation if you're a meditator and you plan your day and you get to work and you feel like a million bucks. And that hormonal blood sugar state stays in, in place until about when you eat again, right? And so once that starts humming for, for you, you're not going to want to break that cycle. Perfect. Well, I'm excited for the next step. What's the next? Eat healthy macros according to the hand rules. Okay. The macros are protein, fat, and carbs. Okay. And the hand rules, if you look at your hand, right, you need protein about the size of the palm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you picture a piece of meat, or maybe it's a couple eggs, if you're a big person, maybe it's three eggs, right? Your palm. If you close your fist, um, that's about the size of a carb protein, uh, carb portion that you would need. And your thumb would represent the size of, of fat. So for example, if you were to have a salad, uh, you wouldn't pour half the bottle on, like you see a lot of people do at restaurants right? <laughs> uh, of dressing. Uh, you just put like, you look at your thumb and go, okay, that's about how much olive oil or avocado oil or, or dr healthy dressing that I want on, on my salad, uh, for example. So the key is to get those macros with each meal. Uh, we tend to be a carb heavy, protein deficient, unhealthy fat eating people yeah. in the uh, first world. Okay. Too many carbs of the wrong type, not enough protein and too much fat of the wrong type. So we're trying to change those ratios. And within that, when we're eating, we want to get five to nine servings of vegetables, right? So if our carbs are coming from vegetables, sweet potatoes, mm -hmm. right? Um, and our, our, our fat is coming from healthy fats like oils or eggs or meat, yeah. right? Those are healthy, natural fats. Uh, now we're getting rid of all the unhealthy fats and, and unhealthy carbs from boxes and from the center of the grocery store, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like um, everybody's asking, okay, what's the percentage of a car? What's the percentage of a protein, right? And with that, it's so simple to calculate. You know, you don't even have to have a calculator with you if you know exactly, because I mean, everybody's a little bit different in height, different in size, right? Like some yeah. have bigger hands, some have small, smaller hands, but it's so simple. And, and again, it's doable, it's actionable. You'll never forget it. You don't have to calculate. You don't have to have the, your, your app that you calculate your macros. How much uh, of protein do I have to intake for lunch? You just do it that way. And then you also create a balanced meal, I feel like, that is perfect. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you said is so important because, again, we're trying to come up with something that people can see themselves doing for a very, very long time. No one's going to count calories or measure food uh, for the rest of their life. Who wants to do that? Right. So yeah. So the hand rules, it's one of precision nutrition's greatest contribution to the whole uh, science of nutrition, in my opinion. And it's simple, Um, simple. What's the next one? The next one is observe a simple supplement strategy. Mm -hmm. On the last episode, we spent quite a bit of time on on this, uh, which was great, that we want to get most of our nutrition and our phytonutrients and zoochemicals from food, Mm -hmm. right? But like I mentioned, I'm a biohacker. I get blood tests all the time. And I have found for myself, and most people do find that you cannot get all the nutrition you need from food. And you can test this yourself with your own blood tests. And so- um, a good supplement strategy. And, and the basis of it would be, and you already know, you already know the answer probably is uh, a multi and a mineral supplement. Now, if most people would just do that, just have a good quality multi and mineral that would solve a lot of the potential problems. Yeah. They cover a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and from there, get the rest of your potential supplementation from your, your blood work. Uh, now, what a lot of people are doing is they're doing it all backwards. So, if we go through someone's supplement cupboard, everyone has a supplement cupboard, right? Their drugs and their supplements are all in a cupboard. And for those of you listening, when's the last time you, or have you ever emptied the cupboard? Mm-hmm. Like for one thing, get rid of everything expired, <laughs> right? Sure. But then be very, very intentional and ask yourself, why are you taking this? Why are you taking that? Are you taking things that cost you money that actually aren't core to your health? That and if so, pretty much, I mean, really, you know, as you said it before in part one, um, there's so many supplements that are just supplements. So you can buy them and the marketing is good. And, uh, but you then don't really make a difference, you know? Yeah. And it, it, for example, if you don't know what it does, yeah. you know, then, then again, if you're deficient in vitamin D and zinc and chromium, but you're taking a super juice that you bought at a home meeting, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> that could be a problem, right? Yeah. There's probably nothing wrong with the super juice. It, yeah. it might have some great antioxidants in there. I don't know. Yeah. But all I do know is no one, you know, has health problems. No, no, no one's deficient, right? Uh, of these uh, non-essential things. Lots of people are deficient in vitamins. Lots of people are deficient in minerals. But no one's deficient in a certain berry or an essential oil. Um, Quick question. How many uh, supplements does your company offer currently? Uh, I think at dirobi.com, 
we actually have about seven branded products of our own. Our own line is quite simple based on, you could probably guess that based on everything I'm saying. We don't yeah. go in, we're not at like a health food store full of everything. Yeah. And then we have a handful of products that we resell from other people that we just think are amazing products that we would not formulate ourselves to round out our product line. Yeah, yeah, so there's, there's not a ton. As a matter of fact, we get a lot of compliments from our customers going, you know what I like about you guys? You have stuff I really need, nothing I don't need. And I just kind of feel satisfied coming here and feeling like I don't have to buy 500 of any, anything, right? Like I, I can just get what I need here. And so like everything I'm teaching here, we try to keep everything dead simple. There's some other supplements I really like, Mark. Uh, for example, I love a pre-workout drink. If I'm going to do a heavy, hard workout, yeah. I, I don't need a pre-workout. Guess what? I like it. Okay. I feel better. It wakes me up. I feel like I just get more out of my, my exercise. So not every supplement has to be, you know, filling a deficiency. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and it's mainly you know, caffeinated and it gets you up a little bit and mm -hmm. gives you a little bit of a push, you know? Um, yeah. It's different from a deficiency supplement, you know, that, that covers yeah. deficiencies. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm taking a pre-workout and I'm not taking a multivitamin, then I'm, you know, I, I got to re reorder my priorities. Sure, sure. <laughs> if I got a limited budget, right? Exactly. I got to make sure I have at least a multi and a mineral. And then from there, uh, buy more if necessary. All right. Um, I would say we come to the next point. Number six, exercise every day. Now, this is an important, especially for those of us who are a little older. And we remember the 80s and 90s when experts out there taught us exercise three times a week for 20 minutes and you'll be in good shape. You remember that? I remember many, many uh, these advices. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny to me. Uh, and, and as you said, like every day, and you, you might uh, come to this too. Um, I wouldn't say you need to work out high intense every day, but you need to move. Correct. Right? Correct. It's all about movement. It's all about blood flow. Um, and if you don't move, uh, you feel sluggish. Your blood is not flowing. Certain processes in the body are not working right. And I think that's that's probably what you mean right now. That's a, that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, personally, I only do high intensity twice a week. Yeah. That's all I really need. The rest is walking, mobility, yoga. Uh, my, my prime workout, you could maybe see my rowing machine here behind oh, yeah, me yeah, in my really uh, uh, office slash gym mm -hmm. <laughs> here. I see and, some other uh, equipment in the back, foam rollers, uh, dip, dips. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a, a, a push-up. Um, you do a push-up in it. It's a, uh, I can't remember the bodybuilder's name. He invented that thing and he's at oh, all these yeah, fitness yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you really just need your body weight too. You know, it's, 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 uh, everybody thinks, oh, I need a gym membership. I need this machine, this machine. And then, um, I mean, a rower, obviously you can't, you need the machine for that. That, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But it's one of the best cardio movements, cardio, uh, exercise, but in, in general, as you said, yoga, certain other movements are so, so good. Uh, and you don't need any equipment for it. Absolutely. Um, have you heard of Lisa Balash? Her uh, her handle is the kettlebell bombshell. I might have seen her online somewhere, <laughs> but probably yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. That. She she's a physique competitor that only uses kettlebells. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
another great guest for your show. I had her on my show a couple of years ago. I ought to get her back actually. Um, but man, she has an apartment in Las Vegas where uh-huh. she's crafted this absolutely beautiful toned muscular physique using nothing but kettlebells. Hmm. And she wins competitions. Wow. I gotta, gotta look it up for sure. Thank you so much. I love it. But to your point, it doesn't have to be complex, exactly. but it has to be regular and for those who are listening going, oh, has to be. I, I don't like, even like to word, use the word has to be because ideally what you're going to do is find something you really enjoy uh, so that you look forward to it. It's want to do, not have to do. Yeah, exactly. I think this is part of the problem is people, um, uh, they assume they got to like, you know, hit the gym, sure. go lift weights in front of other people that look at them and make them feel uncomfortable, whatever. And you really don't. I mean, take the time, go, go to YouTube and just look up you know, home workouts, you know, or zero equipment workouts. And there's hundreds of them absolutely free that you can do at home. What's the next step? Seven to nine hours of sleep every night. And this is, yeah. And it's kind of where everything comes together. For sure. Right. Um, We we just recently had a sleep episode and um, on the podcast and, uh, you might want to talk about it, about the sleep cycles, the 90 minutes, every the, the four phases and so on and so forth. We don't have to go really technical, but how important it is because so many people, they, they stayed, um, yeah, I'm so busy. I just get five hours completely enough. I'm completely rested. I'm completely recovered and healed, whatever, um, which is not true, actually. They might not feel it immediately, but long term, I believe uh, there, there, there will be effects. You remember on, on episode one, where I talked about how we're actually not that good at judging ourselves mm. either too harshly or not good enough or not enough. Mm. Well, do you know, there's sleep science that proves that about sleep Yeah. that, that when they, when they have people self examine self prescribe, I guess, how well they do on how much sleep they get. And then they study those people throughout the day, the decisions that they make, the performance in various areas of their life, they find out those people are literally lying to themselves mm. and they don't even know it till they start getting enough sleep because they're just basically it's human nature to try to adjust to whatever situation we're in. And it's a great trait that we try to feel our best and act our best, even if things are really not very good or under a lot of stress. And we even have extreme examples like prisoners of war in camps uh, that will will try to make the very best of their situation, right? And so we can be in a as human beings a really bad situation and try to make the most of it and be positive about it. And we tend to do that with our sleep. And so those of you listening, if you're convinced that the five or six hours of sleep is enough, well, why don't you test that? Why don't you do one month getting seven hours of sleep and just keep a journal? of how things are going, right? Or do some type of measurement about how you're feeling, like whether it's a few times a day writing down, you know, where your energy level is or, or whether you exercised or whether you're feeling good. You know, there's apps that do this, like um, Insight Timer, for example, is a meditation app. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And every time you log in, it'll ask how you're feeling and you can do check-ins and you could use that. Uh, But uh, the science is pretty solid that uh, very, very few people can perform at their best with less than seven hours of sleep. 
and very few people need more than nine hours of sleep. And for myself, I've done quite a bit of experimentation on this. And what I found is for me, seven and a half hours is awesome. If I, if I get to bed at 1030 and get seven and a half hours of sleep, I have a great day. I feel terrific. I feel fully recovered. For others, it's going to be eight, eight and a half, nine. But try to get to bed at the same time every night as much as possible. Try to be consistent in that bedtime. And try to find out what your number is. But chances are, if it's below seven, you're probably, uh, you know, you probably need to raise it and, and so on. You get the idea. But, but it's so important. And, and when you put all of this together, so that you're eating healthy foods and you're exercising, you're going to sleep better because you exercised and because your body has what it needs sure. and you stopped eating at six o'clock. So your melatonin has risen naturally and you feel drowsy. Then you get a good night's sleep and you're, you're really prepared for a, a fantastic workout. And so all of these things go together and that that's why all seven together are the key to a, a really great fitness lock. Uh, we, was that the last That was it. That was it. Oh, wow. You want to recap really quick? Just name them um, the seven steps. Yeah. Number one, don't drink calories and drink half your body weight of water in ounces every single day. Number two, eat all your food, including if you have junk food, slowly and mindfully. Number three is intermittent fasting. By the way, I didn't go into great detail on this, but most of the research was done on men yeah. the last few years. The research on women is just coming out now, and several studies have said women shouldn't go less than 10 hours if they're still in child-rearing oh, yeah. years. And so for women, it might be slightly different than men. Uh, next is eat healthy macros, carbs, fat, protein, according to the hand rules, and get five to nine servings of fruits and veggies. Uh, the next is observe a simple supplement strategy, especially vitamins and minerals, and whatever supplements that you need to help you with your specific situation, gender, fitness level, whether you, you know, it's performance or whatever. Next is exercise every single day. Even if it's simple, try to move your body every single day and make sure and find something you enjoy so that it's sustainable so that you get to a point that you love doing it so that it, it's not a burden to move every day, but that you're looking forward to whatever it is that you're going to do. And number seven is get seven to nine hours of sleep every, every single night. Wow. We are through, I think. <laughs> it's, amazing. <laughs> it's amazing and so simple information. That's what I love about our podcast that we, that we have, Everyday Fitness, um, because they're actionable steps. You know, it's, it's nothing, uh, what we said, rocket science, too complex. You, you don't need to buy a $2,000 program. Everything yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much fixed. I mean, obviously, there's there's supplements uh, that that cost money, and uh, maybe you want to get a gym membership, whatever it is. But I think it's there's also a lot of free apps that we can use, and and resources. So it's it's pretty pretty actionable and and simple, and I love it. That's that's what I'm all about for myself as well. I mean, I want something that's easy and is going to work, uh, but that doesn't cost a ton of money and isn't too difficult. So that's that's why I love the these seven principles. Uh, do you want to um, say where you, where people can find you again? Uh, maybe some people just listen to this episode so they know where to find you and your company. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Um, Dairobi.com. Uh, it's on my shirt, Dairobi.com. And uh, we've created a code EFFECT 
E-F-F-E-K-T, that will save any of you 10% off anything. And by the way, if you would try our multi and our minerals for 60 days, I bet you never go back. Awesome. We get so many people that their life has changed because of those products. But go to our website and check out the ingredients, try them out, get 10% off. We'll try. And also, I've got a free uh, PDF book. Uh, it's called the Dairobi Undiet. That's what we call the seven principles. Okay. And if you go to the resources page, you can download that guide uh, for free and get more detail than we just talked about here and have something that you can. Uh, oh, and we also have a printable PDF. Perfect. For those, those of you that like the seven principles, there's a one page reminder of these awesome. that you can print off and put on the fridge. Even easier. It gets yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, perfect. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll do some episodes in the future again. And um, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. And um, I'm really happy to be able to share these things. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Fitness with Coach Mark. Hopefully you're feeling fired up and motivated to get going. All it takes is just 30 minutes per day. Get your hands on Coach Mark's incredible free workout challenge or join him live for an online workout every single week by going straight to completethechallenge.com. Super easy to remember, completethechallenge.com. Don't forget, the key to results is consistency. Join us for the next episode of Everyday Fitness with me, Coach Mark, every Monday and Thursday.